tours with horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses. Hello, it has been a while, which brings me straight to the topic of this episode, words of guilt. I did intend to record this podcast more frequently, so there's one element here. Another thing I'm going to talk about is ways I should be doing right by my horse that I'm not, and uh, really the, the cornerstone is Lyra communicated something really important to me with her buttons, and I need to pay attention to that. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. To start off with the frequency of this podcast, um, words of guilt, and I'm, I intend guilt to be constructive in my life in general. Uh, the purpose is to own mistakes. I try to do that in most elements of my life. Um, I hope I succeed most of the time. And I also want this podcast to be authentic. I don't want it to be like, oh, this um, this amazing, clean, always perfect uh, person doing something amazing. Because I am pretty average in several ways. And I just happen to be doing something a little different. And I'd like to share it with people. And I don't want it to seem unattainable to anyone. Um, so I want to remain authentic and kind of show the bumpy parts too. So, uh, in terms of improving, because I have not posted this podcast on any kind of frequent schedule, is uh, I like the, the ancient words of Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. And whenever, as a parent, or myself, or as a supervisor now, which I have a new role at work, I, I don't want to punish people. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't want to shame anyone. That doesn't make any sense to me either. When someone makes a mistake, I want there to be some ownership. But more than anything, I want there to be a plan for how to do it differently. When my daughter messes up, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do all these horrible things to you. But I want us to have a plan. What is, what is your plan for how it can turn out better next time? So... And if there's no plan, then there's no real intent to do it differently. You can't just say, oh, well, I'll, I'll try to do better. It's like, that, that's not a plan, in my opinion. So, uh, trying to hold myself to these standards. So, on that note, what is my plan to record more frequently? Well, first I have to think about what have been my barriers. Uh, admittedly, there's a significant time barrier, just because my schedule has been pretty hectic lately. And I uh, want to spend as much time as I can with my horse. That's another time pressure as well. And my daughter, uh, who is now 12, I'd like to be spending some time with her. And she would like that also. So there are time pressures I can't do a heck of a lot of, about. But there are a couple of things I have. There are a couple of ways that I can help myself record more frequently. One is I'm awfully perfectionistic. There have been a couple of times where I've been like, oh, I'm not going to record a podcast because I don't like my voice today. 
uh, that has absolutely happened and part of it is because I do suffer from a lot of sinus issues that's actually a topic that is relevant to the horse world that I'll talk about later so I can be less perfectionistic about my voice I can be less perfectionistic about my content I don't have to have the most amazing story you have ever heard every single time I sit down to record something so I need to be a little bit more forgiving of myself there as well as maybe treat myself so I'm here with a cup of black tea lemon flavored black tea with honey and giving myself a little bit of a, a treat as well so maybe that will help so that there's my plan to try to be a little bit more frequent about recording and then we'll see how well I do and if I need to reevaluate that plan so let me let me, okay, now I need a target um, because I have a plan, but I don't have a specific goal that I can be measured against. I could not record for another three or four weeks and you'd all be like, well, what, wait, you didn't say when you were going to post another episode. So I do want to be able to be held accountable. So I'm going to say two weeks. There, I said it. Now I need to come clean about doing right by Lyra. Um, there is a very significant part of her life that I am not holding myself up to my own standards on. And I need to address that and also set intentions and goals around improving that piece as well. So you will not see another horse other than Lyra in my videos. And I know, I know now at least better than I used to, that that is not right. Horses are herd animals, and friendship is one of their primary needs in life. So not to lay out any excuses, but just to explain how I got here. Because I did, I mean, duh, horses are herd animals. It's not like that's something I never knew. But when I was looking for my first horse, asking around, uh, there are people who would say, no, it's fine, you can have a horse by itself as long as you as long as there are horses nearby, or as long as um, you spend time with them, or etc, etc. So there, I did get information like that from a lot of people while I was learning about bringing home a horse. So I did kind of take that information more to heart, perhaps, than I should have, especially compared to other information that was out there that said, no, no, never, you must never have a horse by itself. So, um, which that is out there as well. So I admit I probably weighted some of that information more differently, especially when it was coming to me in person from people that I trusted as horse people. Another piece uh, that's a challenge for me, and that's not Lara's fault at all, none of this is, is that I have allergies, severe allergies to both horses and hay. So you're like, what the heck are you doing then? Well, um, I've loved horses ever since I could read books and read books about horses. And so here I am. Um, I did find a breed, a uh, Bashkir Curly, that is hypoallergenic. And I had actually given up on anything to do with horses at one point in my life because primarily of my allergies until I found this breed. And I did actually make visits to horses of this breed and, you know, touch them with my forearms and see if 
they would aggravate my allergies. And I was really relieved to find that I could spend time with these horses without medicating myself to death. So I was like, yes, I, I can have a horse. I really can. And, but that meant that I had to be extremely selective that I need a Bashkir Curly. And what I found very quickly after that is it's not like they're just hanging around in the pastures around on down the street all the time. So I had to be breed specific, which, you know, when I was a kid or when I thought about having a horse earlier on, I didn't care about any uh, aspect of uh, the horse's appearance or breed. I was not someone, I must have a horse like this, or I must have an Arabian, or I must, none of that, never. I was just like, I just want a horse to uh, interact with in my life. Um, but suddenly, I needed to be very breed specific for a very specific reason. So I, it took me months and months, actually, to find Lara. At one point, I found a horse across the border in Canada. I'm in Washington State, and it seemed like the perfect match because of a horse that was pretty well, um, well trained, uh, had been ridden, uh, was kind of the right speed for me because being such a novice. But just as I was like trying to get my plans together to go maybe visit this horse, uh, COVID border shut down. The end. So that didn't work out. Um, I did eventually find uh, a woman who lives about just under two hours away who has some curly horses. And that is where I found Lyra. Um, but I was not about to buy two horses when I was still learning how to take care of one. Couldn't afford it anyway. And was under the impression that maybe it would be okay to just have one horse uh, by itself if X, Y, and Z. And so I did pay attention at least to Lyra and her level of anxiety and her behavior to gauge how much of a, an incredible stress this was. And thinking back on it, it feels more horrible now than I realized at the time that she was removed from some friends and put in a strange pasture where there were not other friends to interact with. And now that, that really sucks. And I realized that I need to do something about that, whether it's hard or easy, but in terms of my timeline, um, that can be a little bit more tricky. I will say she does not pace the fence, is not desperate to, uh, interact with me or other horses she certainly comes up to the fence every time she sees me but it's not like she comes running it's not like she's hyper vigilant she does lay out fully to sleep every single day just about that I've seen um so there are at least some signs that she is not uh, suffering from acute anxiety around being alone um of course I believe she is probably lonely and needs a friend and so I do try to spend as much time with her as I can. That's not, um, that's just a stopgap, not a solution. So uh, the solution would be, of course, getting her a friend. That's another thing that I have some anxiety about. Uh, Lyra's owner did say she has some challenges sometimes in a herd. She doesn't always pick up on social cues. So I feel like I'm going to have to be somehow selective 
about who her companion is going to be. So I haven't kind of gone down that road. I've got some other things to sort out first. Uh, my allergies, my plan for that is I need to make myself an appointment and get some allergy shots, not just for horses, but for hay as well, which is a big stinking issue. I am actually, so one kind of weird silver lining for me about COVID is I've become much more educated about masks and I now have uh, respirator masks that I wear whenever I feed my horse hay because otherwise I would die. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. So, um, nonetheless, there's some, uh, some inhaling of dust. It's like, I don't want to necessarily put a mask on every time I brush my horse. Um, so if my voice sounds nasally, it's because of these persistent allergy issues that I'm trying to find solutions for. I do take Flonase and Claritin and, uh, semi-regularly and, but I really just need some better solutions. Also, we have an additional cat in our family. The cats do not come in the house. They live in the garage, but it's still there around. And how can you not pet the little kitten when it rubs up against you? I mean, come on. So that is another element as well. So add cat allergy shots to my uh, medical to-do list. Another piece is manure management. My, my neighbors and my husband and my horse even would probably not appreciate if I brought another horse into the family without having a strategy for management, which I think I actually made some significant progress on recently because I made a DIY uh, pasture drag out of some cattle panels and some cinder blocks and some wire that I tied it together with and I dragged it behind the truck uh, and it worked fabulously. So I feel like I have a some progress there on pasture management. Um, in an ideal world where I had unlimited funds, this would all be easier because I would just immediately have someone come out and fence my back four acres. And then I could do a pasture rotation. I might just cut the front acre in half with some dividing fencing and see if I can start some rotation. I've been learning more about how rotational grazing is important, but but getting there from here is a bit of a challenge. And then of course the last piece is, is money piece. Uh, I am on a good trajectory in my career and I see that as being a positive going forward, but it's not like something I could just go out right now and buy another horse and be able to feed it. I just barely came by the hay that I came by this year at California prices and it was pretty awful. So that's something I'm going to have to look at as well going forward with the feed and care for an additional animal. And probably what I'd look at, assuming my allergies get somewhat addressed, is I would just like to bring home a rescue pony or donkey, um, maybe some a horse that's a little smaller and less intimidating for my daughter because my daughter's pretty intimidated by Lyra even though she's not uh, she's 14 one uh, hands she's just large large pony small horse so a, a smaller animal to keep as a companion and to even you know have as a rescue I, I'm not really looking for another horse to ride uh, but always interested in in training as well and seeing uh, 
you know, playing with a smaller horse for training and involving my daughter in that. I think that would be pretty cool. So, so that's kind of the issue. I am not providing Lyra with a friend right now. And that's my bad. And, um, animal control isn't going to come take her away from me. Everyone, everyone who comes by here, even though they can obviously see she's an only horse, tells me about how obvious it is that I take such good care of her, this, that, and the other thing, and always in the back of my head, I'm like, but, 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 though that's absolutely real and I need to do something about it, I am at least currently telling myself it's not an acute on fire issue where I need to sell something I own and go send Lyra off to some boarding situation where she can have a friend. Um, I don't think that the issue is has that degree of acuteness, but I do need to continue to work on it. So that's where I've decided I'm at, and maybe there's someone who would be listening to me and, and disagree with where I'm at on that, and that would be probably understandable if you want to send me hate emails. Um, I would probably read them and agree on some level. Um, but as, as it stands, I, Lara and I have an amazing relationship and while she loves spending time with me, she's not like pacing and frantic about it. And she seems to, she has a pretty low key personality and just spends a lot of her time kind of chilling. So I do give her some enrichment, like treat balls, hay balls. She has things to interact with throughout the day. Uh, she, I see her every morning and evening. Sometimes I do more training than others. On the weekend, I spend a ton of time with her. Last weekend was, was it last weekend or weekend before? I was out just hanging out in the pasture with her until the point where she got sleepy and laid down. I just sat down there with her in the pasture and watched her have an awesome horsey dream. And that was just pretty darn cool. So I try to do that kind of stuff as much as I can as well. So not to excuse it, that's something I need to improve on. And I've mentioned some of the steps I need to take in order to get there. So that is how I need to do right by Lyra, by getting her a friend. Now there's another way in which Lyra has recently been wronged that I am responsible for. And this is where I get into my communication story of the episode, which is uh, both exciting and interesting and uh, part of my journey here that I'm glad that I'm on. On the, At the same token, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. And mostly it sucks for Lyra. Because um, when I got Lyra, her hooves were really bad off. She was like way needed to be trimmed like months ago. So we've been trying to get her hooves in good shape. I've had a pretty good relationship with the farrier. Um, and things have gone pretty well, and we've slowly, over the past year plus, gotten her hooves in pretty good shape, as far as I can tell, and of course, my first horse, not an expert, she would occasionally be a little tender after being trimmed for just like a day or two, so it wasn't something that I, that seemed to be the a, a giant problem, uh, 
so she was trimmed a week uh, a few days ago a week ago almost and she she did seem pretty sore afterward and then later in the day when I went out to play with her and give her some of her evening hay we walked up to the buttons I have moved the buttons now to inside her shed because as the weather gets more uh inhospitable I don't want them to be constantly rained on and stuff and so there's not there's not a ton of room in the shed but I was able to put them in there and then I've had to train her to follow me into the shed to talk and push on the buttons because I have her well trained positively with lots of treats and reinforcement to stay out of the shed when I'm in the shed and to even like back up and then get treats for it even like back 10 20 feet away from the shed and then I'll be like okay I'm done here you can come get a treat and she likes that game that's that's a game she's willing to play so when I want her to come in and we're gonna talk and play with buttons I actually have to like hold out my hand and ask her to come touch my hand and then she's like oh we're doing something totally different okay I can do that she'll come up and touch my hand and then I'll invite her to push a button now in this case I was not uh encouraging her to press ouch I don't think I mentioned any of her buttons specifically I might have said play because play is like her favorite button to push so I wasn't prompting her to specifically press the buttons that she pressed and what she pressed was both expected and entirely surprising at the same time because she came up and she looked at the buttons and she really intentionally kind of made a beeline for ouch and then yes so she said ouch yes I'm like oh no I know that this is because your hooves were just trimmed and they're feeling very tender so I'm looking at uh, yeah so that was like oh you poor thing and on one hand you know the, the most clear and present piece is uh is she recovering and how quickly and what can I do to make her more comfortable so that's a whole separate topic um but on the topic of communication part of me is really excited and thrilled that she was interested in uh communicating pain because that is a big piece that horses can sometimes not always communicate pain or hide pain or we don't know where they're having pain and th there it is she said yes she said ouch yes and what's more is that is I think only the second ever uh two-word combination that she has ever pressed ouch yes and I have been using she has actually never pressed yes before ever and I think she only pressed ouch like in experimentation when she was pressing a lot of different buttons um so she pressed yes for the first time and I had been modeling it a, a lot like when I was going to go get her some hay I would push hey yes or she would ask for play and then I would press play yes and just kind of emphasize yep that's what we're going to do so I believe Lyra pushed those buttons intentionally because she was in pain and she wanted me to know about it so uh, that was an intentional communication piece totally in context and I need to do something about that of course uh, I'll definitely talk to the farrier talk to the vet to see if I can get her some pain relief 
kind of looking at other people who've talked about using styrofoam for some uh, and duct tape for some temporary cushioning if she hasn't improved here today. So that's a piece that I need to investigate, certainly, and having a very significant conversation with the farrier about uh, not removing so much sole um, and maybe even changing schedule to do smaller trims more frequently because I know we're still kind of trying to get on top of some corrective issues. She still doesn't have enough hoop, hoof depth that she needs in order to uh, have healthy, healthy feet. So that, there's that whole component. But then there's also she has communicated pain. And then I'm like, oh, I need to get on it and give her some body parts to talk about. Because now I'm wondering which of her four hooves is the worst, worst off. It's hard for me to tell if she's specifically favoring one or another. I think maybe she's favoring her left front. Um, she seems a little reluctant to lift her or favoring her right front because I think she's a little reluctant to lift up her left front and put more weight on that side, but I'm not certain. And I, I need to get to work on giving her those body parts. So that's probably what I'm going to do today. I have the boards um, I have a board available to be her body board, and I even have a grid that I lay, lay it all out on an electronic document for what kind of body parts I would put where on the board, and I need to get that out to her so that she can have a way to more specifically communicate pain, as well as other stuff too. Um, when she wants scritches, does she want them on her pole, and her mane, on her tail, uh, what I would like her to be able to say, please, please scratch my tail without being like, here, let me swing my butt in your face. Because that's, that's just, that's not fun and not necessarily always safe either. So I would love her to be able to ask, hey, scratch his tail, you know, that would be cool. Uh, and so we can have a lot of opportunities to talk around her body parts because her body parts are important to me and she's important to me and I need to uh, listen to all of that. Of course, I knew that she was uh, in pain anyway. She didn't have to press the ouch button for me to see that. She was expressing that through body language and I could see that. And I could see that it was a little worse than it had been in the past. Um, but her being able to connect those pieces and communicate that tells me that there there might be other scenarios in the future where she uh, will... Uh, will verbalize pain that I wasn't aware of. So I'm at least glad that that option has worked in terms of her being able to to communicate around that. Um, let's see, any other button presses lately? She pressed, and it seemed pretty intentional. I was like, do you want hug? Do you want play? And she was, seemed kind of done and was just kind of chilling with me in the shed, and she pressed water. And I was like, you don't really press water very often. You don't ask for water. I kind of reached around to her water and kind of got some water on my hand and held it up to her. And she was like, no, no, that's not really what I meant. Part of me wondered, there was kind of a surprise rain shower that kind of came up out of the, suddenly earlier in the day. I was wondering if she was mentioning that. That's just total guess on my part. So that's another word that I might or might not give her some words around weather. 
because she is outside 24 7 that's actually the right thing for her that's one thing i don't that some people see a horse outside all the time saying oh that horse is outside all the time poor thing they don't have a nice cozy stall to go into nope not feeling guilty about that one nope she she is very happy outside she has some shelter when she needs it when she wants it and uh that's the right place for her to be but that does mean weather is a big part of her world, right? So I might like to see if she would be willing to talk about the weather. Of course, that uh, takes up valuable space on our communication boards. That's my one challenge is, oh my gosh, uh, there's, there's just not enough space. <laughs> and do I want her to be walking all over the place to have to say something? Because she has so many buttons that they're all spread out. So kind of thinking about that, I always have to choose her buttons very carefully. Um, one other button that I think I might give her recently is uh, based on our recent communication is help. Because every time she like reaches around to scratch herself somewhere with her teeth, I say, I ask her help, help. And then I go up to her and I use my fingernails and give her a good scratch right there. And she usually really appreciates that. So I've started using the word help for that as well as for some other things like her hay ball when she's having a hard time getting hay out of it or her hay net. Sometimes I'll reach into the gap and pull, pull a bit out for her to grab onto and I'll say help. So different kinds of things where she's like, hey, I want your hands to do something for me. Um, maybe she would be willing to use the word help. I think that would be really cool. So I might consider that as well. Uh, yeah. So I think that's about the conclusion to this. I will say uh, the other two button press she made, because I mentioned that earlier, she pressed, ouch, yes. The other two button press that she has made before was when we were playing a game with water. I think I might have mentioned this, where I would dump water on her body, and uh, or I would uh, have her target the container of water, and then I would dump it on part of her body and give her a treat for that. And actually start verbalizing those body parts and modeling what her different body parts mean in words. After we were playing that once, she suddenly went to her communication board and she pressed water scritches. And then she immediately started itching herself with her teeth on an area where the water was dribbling down her back. And that was really cool because she was saying, hey, this water is making me itchy right here. Uh, so that was awesome. That's been her other kind of two button press that was obvious and intentional and made a lot of sense. She's pressed some other buttons occasionally one after the, the other, but not in a way where it seemed like she was chaining information together. And that was pretty darn cool. So that is where everything is at right now in my world with communicating with Lyra. Let me know what you think about any of it. And I will endeavor to post another episode within the next, I'll say two weeks plus one day, because that gives me a uh, Sunday as well to uh, have an extra day. I, I'll try to get this up tonight, though it might be, that might be Sunday anyway. Thank you for listening, and I will continue along this journey. Bye.